You must come in at the door. So Bibles to Romans chapter 5. For the past couple of weeks, we have been speaking from Ephesians 3 about comprehending the incomprehensible love of God, that is, the dimensions of God's love. Like this song said, it's so high you can't get under it, get over it, so deep you can't get under it, so wide you can't get around it, to which I'd like to add the words, it's so long you can't get past it, amen? The width of God's love is past our imagination in its expression with statements from the Bible that say things like, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, or that He is not willing that any should perish, or even the statement that He would remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Now, we could measure that width if He said the north from the south, because you can only go north so far and then you're heading south. Anybody got their winter coats ready for that kind of trip? God's love is wide. To measure any distance, one must have a starting place and an ending. Therefore, to grasp and understanding the length of God's love can blow our minds with its beginning at the dawn of time before creation when the Lamb was slain and its continuing through the blessing of His people in the ages to come. How many is glad to be part of His people? Any futile attempt to measure the depth of divine love has to begin with heaven, from where the Word of God humbled Himself and came down to earth to become flesh for us, living a fully human life in difficult circumstances. Going deeper still to express His deep love, the Son of God gave up His humbled life, taking the place of a criminal, going through torture, execution, and then down into the grave for us. Meditating on how deep His love is leads to our amazement, because it really is measureless. Like Stuart Townend said in his song, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son to make this wretch His treasure. Man, that's deep. The height of God's love begins 
from Christ's burial and continues up through his resurrection and ascension all the way up into heaven and his position of authority where he received the name that is above, that's higher than, every name and where we are seated with him in heavenly places. The love of the Most High God is higher than any sin and nothing can separate us from it. Can anything separate us from his love? No. I wish this sin-sick world in every rebellious life could hear and believe the truth that God loves them. He loves them so much that he gave his only son that if they would believe him, he would save them. This is the call of every believer in every local church, to let the whole world know of divine love that cannot be measured. Let's go for it. How about you? Do you know that God loves you? Do you live like he loves you? Are you a part of his beloved Is it easy for you to live in light of this truth? If we are His beloved, then we should be loved, right? Come on, beloved, let's be loved. Talking about God's love for us like this may seem shallow, but actually it's deeper than any of us can ever begin to imagine. Thinking along these lines is encouraged by the Bible. I'm going to speak to you today on the demonstration of God's love. Can we say that? 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Paul ends his letter by saying these words, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. God's love is important. He told the church in Thessalonica of Greece, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience. Oops, that's another sermon of Christ. Jude, the brother of Jesus, told us to keep ourselves or keep yourselves in the love of God. Tell someone, keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. Little children learn it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And I think many times we kind of put that in the kids' realm. But it needs to be seen as a hymn, a great hymn of the church. Amen? God's love for you is expressed throughout the Holy Scriptures. So don't be shortchanged and duped by thinking you have to earn His love now that you're grown. It's free for all, young and old, who will believe in Jesus and everything He has to say. His love is not for sale, has never been for sale to anyone. In fact, if God's love is for sale, then He would be a... Who's those sisters out on the corner selling love? It's not God's love, but God is not a prostitute. He does not prostitute himself. He has given himself. To receive this amazing love simply begins with a realization that we have been separated from God and his love by our sins. And that he loved us enough to have already made a way so that we can be forgiven of all that has separated us from him and his love. Our fine, as it were, has already been paid. Sometimes in life, people have warrants issued for their arrest. You may be in this room. But I had a friend once that thought there was a warrant issued for his arrest and did not know he had already been resolved. And so he lived in guilt and lived in fear every time he drove or saw an officer. One day he couldn't take it no more. He found out the truth and there was no warrant. 
things have been resolved. You think God's mad at you? You think you're not clean enough for Him? The situation with your life may be complicated, but the Son of God has resolved some things for you. Yeah? It's time to find out the truth. You're not here by accident today. Amen. Romans 5. Have you found that yet? Verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, when we were weak, when we were helpless, in due time, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Now we can understand that. Someone will give up their life for the innocent. I remember reading of an airplane crash a few years ago that occurred and only one person survived. And that person was a baby that was sheltered by her mother who got on her knees and laid on her baby during the, during the crash landing. Saved her baby's life, gave up her own by taking her seatbelt off to doing that. We can understand that, that someone would die for the innocent. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That blows our minds. Watch this. Some men will die for their beliefs. A man may die for his friends or his family. A good man may even die for a stranger. But who will die for the downtrodden, the destitute, the wicked? Who will die for us that we may have a chance to live? What if your child could make things right? What if his blood could cover the sins of mankind? Who could bear such a thing? It is too much for any man. but not too much for a loving God. Rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let that sink in. Your life today they meet may be a wreck. It's gone past complicated to into disaster if you were to measure it on some kind of scale. Don't let a sense of unworthiness rob you of God's love. 
Because he made the provision for those that were killing him while they were killing him. He washed the feet of Judas before he went to betray him. And served him communion. And did the same for Peter. And the rest of the disciples that would abandon him. He gave himself to the unworthy. You're a perfect candidate for the love of God. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Now, when you're a preacher, you always want to share a truth and then you want to illustrate the truth to bring it home. And I've only lived 54 years, and so I don't have as much life experience as, let's say, a Chuck Swindoll has yet, who uh, is in his 70s. And so sometimes I've got to get some illustrations from other places. I could find no illustrations for this. Someone dying for the unworthy. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning, and there it was. These guys. Who's heard of the Tuskegee Airmen? Let me tell you about them. The Tuskegee Airmen were dedicated, determined young men who enlisted to become America's first black military airmen at a time when there were many people who thought that black men lacked skill, courage, and patriotism. Each one of the original 994 of them, of course their numbers increased, but they started with a class at large, possessed a strong personal desire to serve the United States of America at the best of his ability because he loved his country. No standards were lowered for the pilots or any of the others who trained in operations, meteorology, intelligence, engineering, medicine, or any of the other officer fields. Enlisted members became aircraft and engine mechanics, armament specialists, radio repairmen, parachute riggers, control tower, and all of the other skills necessary to fully function as a flying squadron with the Army Air Corps and ground support unit. Their outstanding combat record of the Tuskegee Airmen speaks for itself. During World War II, they they flew over 15,000 combat sorties, They shot down, destroyed 112 German airplanes in the air, and destroyed 150 German airplanes on the ground. They destroyed 950 rail cars, trucks, and other vehicles. They sunk a destroyer, and 66, in doing so, 66 of them were killed in action. 32 of them were downed and captured, became POWs. After World War II, 744 of them received air medals. 150 of them received distinguished flying crosses that they had earned. 14 of them received the Bronze Star, and 18 received Purple Hearts. After the war in Europe ended in 45, these African-American airmen returned to the country they loved and served to face continued racism and bigotry despite their life-giving efforts. It's easy to understand that a man would lay down his life for his friend, but to lay down his life for a country that would not 
back up its own laws for justice. That, that that's 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 Jesus kind of love. Amen. I guarantee you, the majority of those men were believers. I'm sure. Is the point trying to get home that the Lord embraced injustice to save you and I? We didn't deserve that. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Goes on to say, for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Amen. I want to talk to the believers in the house now. Maybe you've given your life to the Lord and you fully believe in the love of God for the unbeliever and that anyone can be saved. But you believe that as a believer, you have messed your life up so much that God's going to put you on His second string and you're just going to exist as a vegetable spiritually because you're not qualified for anything. Let me tell you, God's blood was shed for you as much as anyone, if not more so for the children than for the enemies. Can I get a witness? If you learned how to love your enemy. Do you think that would increase the level of love for your children? I think so. More. So God's love is so great that He makes provision to love His enemies. How much more, much more, I enlarge those words, does He love His children? Not only that. Jesus died when we were enemies. Now He's alive now that we're friends. And He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. Guess what? He's praying for you that you'll wake up and realize grace is for you because God loves you. Can we say that together? God loves me. He can take your mess and make a message. Your test and make a testimony. Because, Jesus said these words, those who have been forgiven much will love much. Maybe you'll go farther than anyone. Of all the disciples, who gets the bad rap? Who gets the worst rap of the disciples besides Judas? He turned himself off when Jesus was dying for his sin. But who gets the bad rap? He does. But, 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 but then uh, he kind of comes around, doesn't he? Who do we not hear much of that gets a bad rap? Thomas. What do we call him? Did the Lord forgive him? Because others had seen proof of his resurrection. He says, I don't believe it. Until I put the finger in the nail prints and my hand in his side, I'll never believe it. And then the Lord appears to him. He says, bless you believe because you see, but blessed are those who believe who have not seen. You know what? Thomas took the gospel further than any one of, of the original twelve. He took the gospel to India and established seven local churches that are still there to this day. 
You can go see them, and they trace their roots back to them. Now, they're dead spiritually. They need a major revival because you can't live on the past. Who knows that God doesn't have grandchildren? Your daddy may have been Charles Finney, and your uncle may have been Charles Wesley, and uh, you can trace your lineage back to the Apostle Paul, but you need Jesus. Because God wants to be your father. He's alive to serve those who've been reconciled. He died to serve those who need to be reconciled. And He is alive to serve those who are reconciled. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. For us. Good stuff. Good stuff. the love of God was manifested or demonstrated toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. My final major point here is laying down your life for someone can be an expression of love, but allowing your child to lay their life down for someone or even intending it is love we can't begin to understand. He must really love us. He must really see us as His sons and daughters. Because you can slap me around and I can get over it. But slap my kid around, whole other struggle, right? Whole other struggle. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. He sent Him to be the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation means an appeasement. To appease the wrath of God. It means a total payment, a full payment for our penalty. 
Because the wages of sin is death. We are separated from God, who is the source of our life. And in that separation, we have death in the world. It is a reality. And one day, it will be under our feet. But right now, it's under the feet of Jesus. And through faith in Him, we have assurance of eternal life. Amen? The promise of our receiving new bodies and living through eternity with Him. Because He fully paid. He fully died for us. The death that He died was not His own. He made it His own. But He was not worthy of it. He was not deserving of it. So there was no sentence of death upon Him. Sin is passed down from the Father. His mother was earthly. Eve sinned, Adam sinned, but their children received their sin from their father. So Christ was born sinless. And he lived a perfect life, fully tempted like all of us, out of love for his father and love for us as the expression of his father in human form in the earth. He's a full propitiation and payment for our sins. We love him because he first loved us. There's no getting ahead of him. <laughs> because this thing began before the world began. We love him back. We love him back. My kids used to say, how much do you love me, Daddy? And I'd say, I love you up to the sky and back again. And then the older they got, the more I had to spread that up to the moon and back again. Up to the stars and back again a million times. You know, you just keep increasing it. The measure of God's love is beyond comprehension and it's been demonstrated and branded on human history. Undeniable fact. that Jesus died. The crime of all crimes was committed. But the tomb was empty three days later. After three centuries of resisting this story, the Roman Empire embraced it. And we have the remains of that today in the denomination known as the Roman Catholic Church. He loves you. And he cares about you. English songwriter Stuart Townend wrote, How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only Son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns His face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon His shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice called out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the truth of Your love's demonstration 
been talking about its, dim- its dimensions now as we're focusing on the demonstration of your love, Lord, would cause to sink down to the depth of our soul that we would receive your love for us. Lord, you did this for us before we were born. Knowing that when we were born, we would grieve you. We would rebel against you. We would sin. We would be selfish. We would not be worthy of salvation. And yet, you already made the way for us. If you did that, you must really love us. Thank you, Lord, for that love. Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever would believe in Him would not have to perish but could have everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. But that the world through Him might be saved. Read the headlines almost any day. You can see the world is wicked. Why does God allow wickedness in the world? Because He gave the world to us. He allowed us to do what we've done in hopes that we would see the error of our ways and the need for a Savior and a relationship with a God. If there is a God, why is there such a mess in the world? Because the world's rejecting God. You see, earth isn't heaven. Earth is what man's made of it. This is why... Everybody's not going to heaven. Otherwise, heaven would become earth too. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day for you to receive God's forgiveness and begin to follow the Savior. And if you'll do it, He will begin to bring change into your life. That's why heaven is filled with followers of Jesus submitting to His Lordship. Today is a day for you. You see, God knows everything. He knew you were going to be here today. He knew you were going to hear this. But there's a few things He doesn't know. He doesn't know of a sinner that He doesn't love. And He doesn't know of any sin that He doesn't hate. Sin separates us from Him, so God hates sin. That's why He went to extreme measures to deal with it, to cancel the debt that it creates. God doesn't know of a sin that He doesn't hate, and yet He doesn't know of a sinner that He doesn't love. And He doesn't know of any other way to save a sinner whom He loves from the sin that He hates other than through the gift of His Son and receiving the benefits of that by faith. He knows of no other way. He knows of no other way. All other ways are man-made bridges that just don't stand in the gap between God and man. Jesus is the bridge. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He also doesn't know of a better time to save the sinners that He loves from the sin that He hates through the gift of His Son. He does not know of a better time to save anyone than right now. Right now is the best time. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says.
you find yourself beginning to believe the things I've been proclaiming today, probably the things you hear anytime you go to church, you find yourself beginning to believe that, that's the Holy Spirit at work in your heart, birthing, saving faith. Why don't you step out on that faith that He's given you and give Him your life. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray for every person here, for those who need to become your followers and those who are your followers who need to begin to follow you again. I pray, Lord, that today would be a day of destiny for that person, that they would step out on the faith that you've given them to begin to follow you. If that's you today, could you just raise your hand? Would you like to become a Jesus follower? Or you'd like to begin to follow Him with a renewed commitment to follow Him? Anyone else? Let's pray this prayer together. Oh God in heaven, I call upon You. I need You. I believe that You sent Your Son to die for us and to die for me. I believe that Your Son Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus, I call on Your name. And I say, save me. Forgive me. Make me Your child. Right now, just receive His forgiveness. Lord, I pray that those who raised their hands and those that didn't but needed to, that they would begin to pray a prayer like that right now in their own heart, on their own between you and them, to express faith in you with their mouth, believing in their heart, receiving this free gift of forgiveness. Receive it. It's yours. We just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to call the prayer team forward in a minute to join me across the front to pray with anyone about anything. Having been justified, how much more? Having been reconciled, how much more does He live to save us? to change us, to move in our life. And so we're going to be up here at the front in a minute to pray with you about anything. So don't rush off unless you absolutely have to. And if you don't need prayer, hang out and get to know some people. Amen? Let's be friendly. Can we stand? And as you're standing, can the prayer team come forward? And as the prayer team comes forward, if you'd like to receive prayer about anything, we're here to pray with you. Amen? If you pray to become a Jesus follower, definitely I encourage you to come forward to pray with our prayer team. Men and women that love Jesus and love you, we're not here to condemn or to judge, but we're here to encourage and to pray with you. Amen. Sheikh's about to lead us in a song, and I'm just going to pronounce a blessing and turn it to him. I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you, that the Lord causes his face to shine upon you and is gracious to you, that the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you His peace. Amen. May you come forward and receive prayer if you need it. 
And when you go, may you go in the power and love of Jesus, following Him, seeking Him. And come join us on Wednesday or Saturday if you're a male or the following following if you're female. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's worship. Let's sing a song together. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why He came to love me so. He looked beyond my faults and sorrow, my need. I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous that grace that caught my falling soul beyond my faulty song 